everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 7, Episode 53. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And if you haven't already, make sure you go back and check out Episode 52, where we do the Harlem Cycle interview with the owner, Tamika Rochester. On the episode, we discuss her nonprofit in South Africa, giving back to the community, the Harlem Renaissance, creating Harlem Cycle, and so much more. It was definitely a vibe, so you got to go back and check that out. It was a great interview. Check it out. I really appreciate her coming out and dropping some great gems about being an entrepreneur in this industry. And also, she just has a beautiful spirit. And the fact that she went to Spelman, so shout out to that as well. Yeah, she was so humble. Like I, Extremely humble. So many things she's doing, so many things she's up to, and you wouldn't even know because... She, like that's the way she carries herself so that's something i really liked about her definitely Facts. a great episode <laughs> and you could tell it's a good episode because he already started with us definitely okay <laughs> y'all know what time it is so we're about to get into it let go <laughs> so a viral video have been circling in the net heavy i'm not sure if you guys are aware you have to be under a rock if you're not aware as to what's going on <laughs> so a wrestler by the name of andrew johnson was competing in a wrestling match and what had happened was he was put in a predicament where the referee, Alan Maloney, told him that he would have to cut his dreads or forfeit the match. So allegedly his hair and headgear were not in compliance with the regulation and the referee would not allow him to continue. So because of that, his hair was being cut during this whole time. And Andrew won an OT to help spark his team to a win. You could see during the whole time from his dreads being cut, him doing the match and walking away, he was visibly upset. Like, he was really upset. And it's been circulating the internet heavy, and it's, like, been various reactions as to what's going on. So it's crazy how this took play. Yeah, I was so pissed when I saw that video. The The referee, Alan Maloney, he actually has a history of racism. I back- need you to say his name correctly. It's Alan Racist Ass Maloney. Okay, let's put a little extra ump into it. I was it. like, wait, hold on. I ain't gonna wait for no investigation. Like, we here. <laughs> did I did I typo? say that wrong? <laughs> a little typo there. So back in 2016, Maloney was accused of directing the N-word at another referee at a private gathering among officials. And he claims he didn't recall saying anything, but there were enough witnesses at the the outing that they basically heard him say it. So this isn't the first time that Maloney has had issues in terms of racism. and He got that, a problem, problem. Yeah, and that makes it really unfortunate, the fact that you know this person has this background, this bigotry in him, and and he's just putting it out on display. And, and the crazy part about it for me is he's a, in high school. Like, that's so young, and this can affect him. Like you said, he was visibly upset so will you consider that a traumatic experience i do the look at his face looked all red and teary-eyed like it sucked like yeah and actually as of today al maloney has been barred to officiate any matches due to a pending investigation into the incident and the new jersey chapter of the american civil liberties union tweeted no lock bands are designed to oppress and shame black people not just for expressing blackness but for their blackness They have no place in our society and certainly not in schools. Until we can abolish these discriminatory practices and norms, we are all complicit. I'm very happy that they actually came out and said this because I've always had like an issue with that in terms of why can't I grow my hair out? Like just because my hair is different than someone else's with more straight hair. It is just an attack on 
what makes us who we are as black yeah. people. And it's so unfortunate for a lot of people, their hair it's more than just their hair. It like partly defines them. It connects yeah. their spirituality. For me, at one point, I wanted to grow my hair out to actually represent like that, like Jay-Z said, that freeness, mm-hmm. that just being unapologetically who I am and not feeling like I can't express myself. Yeah. So, <sighs> It was definitely one of those situations. I was like, hmm. And the fact that he was put in that predicament, it was like, Either your team is going to win and go to victory or you're not going to have your hair cut. When I was watching the um, video, I was like, where's his parents? That's the first. I was like, where's? Because I was like, I just feel like as a mom, I couldn't sit there. I would have been like, oh, no. We're going to have to call up the officials. There's somebody hiding you. Let's check this before. And if they be like, oh, we can't continue the game. Okay. Because they're going to investigate anyway. Yeah. And then I question if it was that, what kind of moment would it have been? Yeah. You know, like, would it have been a moment for us to be like, oh, wow, like, you know, take a stand for something and right. for it to me. And I feel like that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. And my thing is, if he not woke, woke, this woke him up <laughs> about <laughs> racism because, you know, it could have been either because. We don't know how he really feel. He probably felt like his hair was just cut to be cut. Right. But if he like isn't taking it from another level of this is a way for me to express myself and freedom and all of these things and he's more of a conscious thinker, like he's not in a sunken place, it has another layer to it. Right. So my thing is it's like, wow, that was a very I do believe it's a traumatic experience to put somebody in that state of especially within that. It was like he didn't even have a choice. And I question if his name was Billy Bob or Henry with long blonde hair, would that have been the case? Or you would have told him to wrap it up. Yeah. And, like, his coach and his teammates like, yeah, do it for the team. I'm like, really? What are y'all doing for the team? Like, what sacrifices y'all making for the team? So that video was very, very interesting. But we did post this video before we recorded on our social media page, and we've gotten a lot of reactions from it. One of the people said, I was so angry when I found out. I had tears in my eyes. I felt this hurt, shame, confusion, regret, embarrassment, humiliation. Still feel it. Another person was like, what the fuck? Yes, what the fuck is right? And another person said, I'm so sad. I cried. Don't understand how they allowed that to happen. Um, Please follow off social media. We post daily. Definitely keep up to date with that. And our comment sections are lit. They be arguing with each other. Okay. But just wanted to give you a take of what people feel about this video. It's not just us it's not coming from a level of bias it's coming from a place of watching a video it just felt i felt something like first of all i'm not watching it again but it just was like really like it was just such like a crazy moment but then again we are in 2018 with trump as president so i was actually looking at comments on twitter as well one person described like the woman who was actually doing the cutting she was just like Basically, like chopping at it. So she just, wasn't even doing like a style, right? You know she, what I'm saying? she just was like just going in, and they made a comment saying, "If someone had to cut her hair, would they? Ha- would she have let someone cut her hair like so Basically. recklessly without abandon, just going to town? Like, or would they have wanted to be cut with more care and just kind yeah. of like it kind of just like a rush job, like and it was a rush. And the thing is, but do you? How can we expect her to style it? She ain't a loctician, like, or more so, just even kind of just. If I don't know, just looking at the view, it's like they were going at it yeah, with a machete. Yeah, like, it did look like that. Not even like yo, damn, sorry, I have to do it, cut into one at a time. But it was just like, looked like she was about shaking to cut. and shit. And I was like, yo, where them, where them scissors going, bro? Where them scissors going? Because she looked like she was nervous, and the referee just standing there. Yeah, sure. What did you expect from his coaching teammates? So, I from his coaching teammates. 
I don't know what kind of mattress this was. How important was it? Was it a championship or whatever the case may be? Yes, but I would have walked off, bro. Said <laughs> next year. I honestly, I think if I was in that position, I wouldn't have cut my hair. I'd have been like, no, I'm not doing that. Like this doesn't grow overnight. The fact that he had taken that time, taking care of it. I just couldn't have done it. So I would hope his coach and teammates would have stood by him, whether he said, I'm going to do it for the team, or if he said, I'm not going to do it. I would hope that his team would have stood behind him no matter what. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if any details like that are going to come out in terms of the reaction from the team members, what those conversations were. But I just think when it comes to any team sport, I would just hope my team would support me no matter what. Yeah, no, this is very true. Because it's bigger than sports. Like, Yeah, valid point. And also, too, like, I know you you spoke briefly about the Jay-Z verse about what's free here, free care, free. In relation to him making that point in, mm-hmm. about what's free on a Meek Mill album, how is it important for us as black people to feel some form of liberation through our natural hair, like, especially relating that to that moment? I think it's very important. I think... Just in general, our feelings are so huge. The way you feel will go about and kind of just dictate your day and your life, like your emotions and your feelings. And if, you, if you're growing your hair and it makes you feel liberated, it makes you feel free, it makes, it's like a positive feeling there, I think that's very important in terms of just going about life, especially because we know the system isn't, the system isn't always in our favor. So if you can have that internal sense of freedom and liberation, even though around you things are stacked against you, I think that's a very powerful thing. Like, and I think that's why they don't want people growing their hair and feeling that sense of liberation, freedom, because your, your actions are going to be in line with that versus you feel like you're kind of constrained. You don't, your options are limited. So I think it's very important, which is why it sucks that he actually had to cut his hair. Yeah, now I feel you. Now we switching gears a little bit. Um, so I'm not sure if you guys are aware about the reform for felons bill that's been passed. It's a very interesting time for us as Americans. <laughs> so it was a first step act bill now keep in mind first step that That's, don't mean it's the only step and the final step it's just the first the baby step the baby steps baby step <laughs> so this is important for us to really discuss because in previous episodes we have spoken about 13 documentaries um even titled our episode shackles part one and two pertaining to you know, how black people are treated in a prison industrial complex. So this bill b- happening, especially under Trump's presidency. Shocker. It's shocker. <laughs> um, but, you know, he always got a hand in the agenda. So we ain't going to ride that wave just yet. So let's just give you some synopsis <laughs> about this bill. Wait, I, real, really quickly. You I, like that hand movement? No, no, no. The fact that you said the hidden agenda part of it, like, just made me think about scandal. Like, this looks all nice and pretty on the, on the front end, but there's some crazy evil plot behind you already know what time it is <laughs> like yeah we're gonna do the first step where we're gonna start abducting abducting people like, while we're considering shutting down the government <laughs> yay <laughs> shout out to Cheeto Hitler so <laughs> we gonna get into the synopsis of the bill and why it's so important the bill will change the lives of about 53,000 out of 181,000 inmates currently in prison in the federal system in the United States. They'll be affected over the next 10 years, according to the Congressional Budget Office. So please do keep in mind, this bill will not cover state jails and prisons, which account for the majority of the country's prison. As I said before, this is a first step. Okay, it applies to federal prisons, 
Hopefully, over time, it will apply to other prisons as well. But let's get into the synopsis of this. So first and foremost, federal prisons will rehabilitate and heal, not just punish prisoners. Ooh, child. So risk and needs assessment systems will be put in place. So what this means is it matches people in prison to the programs and classes most supportive of their growth and transformation. Incentive to participate is people can earn 10 days of time credit for every 30 days of programming. And credits are used to exchange time in prison for more time in halfway houses, home confinement, or supervised release easing reentry process. Some people are excluded from this because of their offenses. So it applies to a small percentage of people. And you get to basically have this credit system put in place. But it's a way to really try to help people in prison, not just punish them. You know, of course, they're going to be helped and punished at the same time while they're in a prison industrial complex, but it's more so to revive them back to, so when they go back to society, they can have certain advantages and opposed to be disadvantaged. I think that's really important that they're doing that because prison is supposed to be a rehabilitation center, Mm -hmm. but people go into prison and get way worse than they... they, So the fact that they're actually trying to change it so that it's true to the name rehabilitation, I think that's really important. So secondly, the, the 1994 crime bill will get scaled back and thousands of people who are serving outdated sentences for crack cocaine can actually come home now. So there's about 3,000 people that will get relief from severe, harsh, and outdated sentences for old crack cocaine charges. And that, I think, is really important because with crack cocaine, that was a drug that was used primarily by people of color. It basically is the same drug as cocaine, but crack cocaine is taking that cocaine and they, they modify it, cook it, and instead of snorting it the way you do with cocaine, you actually would smoke it on a crack pipe. But... They took that expensive cocaine, which was a drug that was primarily used by white people. They watered it down, made it a lot cheaper and a lot more detrimental for you in terms of the effects. And we're selling it in in the ghettos and to people of color. And then on top of that, not only did they make it cheaper, more accessible, more detrimental to people, then they charged you way more prison time for possessing crack cocaine. So the fact that they're actually going back and allowing people to come home that was serving prison time for that I think that's very important because crack cocaine is like a a very specific case where they're taking something and they're just using it as a a tool to target people of color yeah (laughs) it's crazy in my mind because people take cocaine in corporate settings like in clubs (laughs) if they were getting charged the same amount of time that people were getting for prison in terms of uh, crack it it's insane it's, but it's not insane it's part of the system in terms of oppressing and keeping people down in that community mm-hmm. so i think that's very important they'll also be eliminating mandatory life sentences for third strike drug offenders which will end the stacking of the 924c guns and drug sentences and this will also allow judges to have more discretion to give sentences that are below the mandatory minimums. And I think that's really important, too, because yeah. that's kind of insane. You go to jail for life because you were taking drugs, like yeah. especially the way things are now. Like in our society, musicians, artists, like they're talking about taking drugs all the time in their songs. Yeah. Like some of them are taking it in the videos. Right. So it's and, like, and, oh my. And that and that's not even just hip hop. That's across Facts. all genres of music and and people were getting 
life sentences because mm-hmm. they were doing these drugs. So the fact that they're turning this around, I think that's really important. It's a, a great step in the right direction. No, that's true. <laughs> and there are other benefits that affect people in the federal prison and their families. It's kind of considered lesser changes in some aspects because... I guess it should have been reinforced. But one of them is Bill forces the Bureau of Prisons to place people in facilities within 500 driving miles of their loved ones. I thought that was just common sense, but (laughs) apparently that's not the case. So, and as you can see in the Khalif Browder documentary, which we talked in a previous episode, uh, make sure you check it out as well, when his mom was traveling on the bus to go to Rikers to see him. So imagine if that commute was like way longer. Yeah. That would have been crazy. Also, too, um, Congress mandated that people in prison should earn 54 days of good time credit if they don't get into serious trouble now let me show you how petty the system is okay keep in mind um a short change was done previously to grant only 47 days so they was like missing those seven other days that's how thirsty they are and the first step act bill fixes the calculation granted the 54 full days each year as congress intended so even though some people that are not incarcerated may view it as like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal if you're in prison and you're behind bars and it limits you in terms of doing certain things that you want, especially if you have an advantage of seeing your family. So that was something that I thought was very interesting. I mean, it's a seven day difference, but I was just like, really? (laughs) Like this to me should have been something that shouldn't even have been an issue. Um, The bill allocates about $375 million over the next five years for programming and classes. So by doing so, there are more volunteers, nonprofits, faith-based groups, and universities to provide programming. So there's about 15,000 people on the wait list for basic literacy classes. So these resources will make a difference. And to me, I think that's very important. One of the things that I, I like about this is a matter of how the expenses are being used, $375 million, and providing these people with resources in terms of having proper programming and just books and you know basic understanding of like you know when it comes to grammar anything of that sort so I understand that some people may be like well what if this person committed a heinous crime and they I get the logistics of that but there are people behind bars especially people of color and black people who are serving a lot of time for minimal crime if compared to their white counterparts and some of them are even innocent as we can see with Khalif Browder he was innocent so that's something to consider some of them haven't even been proven guilty they're just just waiting they're in jail for years waiting to get a trial and the fact that they're in this because they don't have bail money so if you really want to get down to logistics let's talk about logistics and since we're talking about funding and things that you could do right with funding (laughs) the GoFundMe people for the wall Instead of you trying to build $7 million, this is where the money's supposed to be going towards, okay? Yeah, okay. You know they're building a GoFundMe for you to crawl under the wall. What? <laughs> and it's up to like $750,000. Wait, 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 wait. A GoFundMe to let people <laughs> crawl, crawl underneath under the To create like a hole so people go underneath <laughs> the wall. I'm like, petty wop all year. Yes. Um, but anyway, bringing it back. You donated? <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> Give them my Christmas money. But... Um, if you want to talk about funding, like this is where it should be going at. So I really commend them in terms of that aspect. And also compassionate release process. Um, terminally ill and elderly people are able to come home, which is good. Requires prisons to help people get their IDs prior to release. I thought that was common sense. <laughs> like I was confused when I was reading. I was like, wait, what? What what are we doing? So by them getting their IDs is as a result, they can easily obtain employment and housing. Hello, set up savings account where 15% of funds are placed into an account for use upon release. 
hello, bans the practice of putting juveniles in solitary confinement as well. This is very important because in a Khalif Brada documentary, which we keep referencing to because this was a big deal, he was put in solitary confinement. And that over a course of time really messes someone up mentally. So imagine them being put in that position, not really getting the resources and accessibility they need in prison to become better and then going back into society. That was messed up Khalif Brada a lot when he was put back into society and didn't have the proper resources which led to him committing suicide. Yeah, and for these juveniles, they're not their brains aren't even fully developed and then you're putting them in solitary confinement which they've had studies showing like it will literally warp your brain mm-hmm. and completely mutate it. Like it's fucked up. Yeah for lack of a better word. No, this is true. And this is why this component of the bill is kind of considered like lesser changes because it's like it should have been happening regardless of the fact. So this component I was a bit surprised about, but here we are. Yeah. So another component is the incarcerated women and juveniles will suffer less. So one of the reasons why the provision was incorporated was because of Topeka Sam. She's a Democrat from New York, and she actually traveled to the White House Prison Reform Summit back in May and discussed her time in prison. And one of the things that they're going to be making updates to is women who are pregnant, in labor, or postpartum are not going to be allowed to be shackled. So that's that's actually Again, it's a common sense thing, but the fact that they have to actually put it down in writing and make it and you tied up. Yeah, like I can't even. Obviously, I can't speak to that or understand fully, but that's insane. You want to talk about goosebumps? Like you be talking about? I I got goosebumps because let me tell you something. That I think that part is very powerful. I'm glad that she went up there because after she did that that's when the provision was put into play. It's so crazy how certain components happen along these bills. People say protesting ain't important, doing all You'd be surprised how far protests could get you. And when you go on to Capitol Hill and you storming these people's houses, don't give up. Right. And that's one thing I could say about this bill. That's one thing I could walk away. I'm not fully excited about everything, but like I said, it's a first step. And there are some critiques about it, but it's a first step. But to know that she had the experience of going to jail and then she went up there and spoke her piece about what happened and what transpired now there's a provision put in for other women and women of color and black women who have babies can you imagine you being tied down giving birth like i could not even yo on god by the time i gave birth i would just got up and knocked everybody out like <laughs> get me my child you got that pregnant woman <laughs> i would have been like i was gucci like are you like how you tie somebody down? do you know how much pain a woman go through giving birth and it's and my thing is are they even offering any kind of drugs in the prison for them. They're supposed to take an epidural. Are you offering them? Is that a choice or you got to go through regular labor? Like, are they doing water births? Like, how are you doing it and are you tying somebody down in the process? Like, giving birth is a very traumatic thing for a woman. So the fact that that's happening and then she's tied down, it's like, are you serious right now? I don't care what the crime is. Like, on a human level, like, y'all got to, like, that alone got me pissed off. But... This is past. This is the first act. We're going back to first. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I'm going to get a little <laughs> agitated. Um, yeah, and, and then in addition, they're also going to be providing adequ- adequate hygiene products for women in prison free of charge. Oh, thank you. You're not charging for hygiene products that are required. That's so kind. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, hello, because we don't have menstrual cycles, hello. right? We don't bleed about, like, a week up to a time. Some people last a little longer, and it's heavy loads. Like, so what, is is this what we doing right now? Ah, like, it's the first step. Let me just take that in. It's it's the first step. 
<laughs> Another aspect of it is auditing and reporting requirements. So new mechanisms will be put in place to hold the Bureau of Prisons accountable for public safety and racial disparities. I always question if there was ever a check and balance system, but apparently this bill is providing that. <laughs> okay, the first step. Um, they will track, report, and work to fix any racial disparities in the system. Good luck with that one. And this new system is needed because Congress lacks oversight over federal prisons. I can see that. They're so busy, you know, with everything else. So as a result, prisons are overpopulated, halfway houses are underutilized, and federal prisoners have suffered. So there also will be no new mandatory minimums or sentencing enhancements. So for instance, they'll be striking down the sentences for nonviolent drug offenses while expanding sentences for some other crime categories. And last-minute compromises means the law will help fewer people than it actually should. And that part kind of just, I don't know. It's the first act here. It's the first act. <laughs> it's just <laughs> to be honest. To be honest, I'm, I'm very, like, very um, skeptical because a lot of this sounds really good. But I'm I'm honestly freaking nervous. I just think like, all right, we're going to clean it up on this end. But how are they going to make it worse on another end? Like, like, Facts. how are they going to, I don't know, stop and frisk is gone. But like, I feel like that would be a, a compromise. We're going to make these laws a little bit better for you people who are in jail Mm -hmm. but we're gonna find ways to get more people in the jails yeah like that's what i'm just nervous no i feel you and you know right is supposed to be shutting down when bellasio when we we clocking this time honey um no it's true and i that's why with this bill as i was reading it through i was like hmm, i'm on the fence but it's the first act so we'll see what happens as it goes on and i just want to know when it's going to be put into effect you know, like, not, oh, this is the bill that was passed. We're going to try it out in April of next year. Like, I need to see some quick movements happening immediately. And that's why I thought it coming out around the time of the government supposed to be shutting down. It was a conflict because it's like, look, prioritize. Look, look what we know. We counting down when the government going to shut down. And that's going to affect other people as well. Right. You know, not even people incarcerated, but other people outside of jail. So... I was questioning it, and plus keeping in mind the people who are involved in this bill happening. First and foremost, I would like to give a special shout-out to the formerly incarcerated people and their family members who visited the White House and swamped Capitol Hill for months by telling their stories and horrors. Those are the real heroes and sheroes. Those are the ones that actually <laughs> went and did the work. They did the legwork. You know, and people said protesting don't matter, standing out there, holding up signs don't matter, talking about this issue on end doesn't matter it does could look where it got us it may not give us the results we want automatically off the rip but it's giving us something yeah. you know it's a first act so being mindful of that and also to the advocates who began during the obama legislation and since then refused to take no for an answer they kept going special shout out to those people now a little skeptical about the others but you know it's okay <laughs> so fox broadcasting mm, and the national association of manufacturers and the u.s chamber of commerce endorsed the bill but go back to your point about i wonder what's next yeah, like because that oh, fox, I was like, wait, hold on, wait, what fox? Who <laughs> that had me looking a little hmm. like somebody has to be benefiting from this some way. Someone's pockets is getting lined right now. I don't know how it's probably going to come out fifty years from now. Our grandkids' podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out that way. Some documentary. I don't know. But 
Um, some principal conservatives rooted for punishment plus rehabilitation over punishment only. So that's another thing. But what I find to be very interesting, but not so much of a surprise, is Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor, was in full support and pushed this bill because his father was in prison, in federal prison. You see how it's all coming together? It's like a 360. So he was really an advocate for it and pushing for him and all his little friends, you know, Billy Bob and them, and everybody was on the same page. But like I said, I find that to be very interesting because I'm like, if his father wasn't locked up, would he be had pushed for this? And it's so crazy because I've always made this comment before. We only are concerned about the things that affect us directly. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to be involved in police brutality to know that it's a problem. Right. I shouldn't have to be in a position of getting shot by a cop or knowing someone who got shot by a cop for me to be an advocate. I shouldn't have to be someone who knows a woman behind bars who was being shackled as she's giving birth for me to care. Like, a lot of these issues I care about about well not a lot some of these issues that i really care about that i'm overly passionate about i have not directly went through and i may not have known someone who've done it it's just the the thought of humanity Mm. it just gets me how these things are happening to us subsequent to jim crow laws and everything of that nature so that's why i get livid but you got the people like the jared kushners who care because it affects their people yeah and they're out there unfortunately yeah and it is unfortunate that his father was imprisoned but something good can come out of it so again skeptical but hopeful at the same time and yeah Mm -hmm. so do you think the people like Cleve Broder and many others who were incarcerated who lost their lives helped lead to this moment I think they have I think especially with the Cleve Broder documentary and the aftermath you know he committed suicide I think also the backing of Jay-Z involvement in the documentary, oh. playing a part in it. And also, too, the fact that his mother died. Damn. She died of a heartbreak because of losing her son and all that had transpired. So when you see that, like physically or visually see that happening, I think that does make an effect. I'm not saying that his situation was the main part of it. Yeah. I do think it played a part in where we're at now and why that happened. It's like, you know, he didn't die in vain type thing. Right. You, but you wish it wouldn't have had happened right. for us to be here. Right. And then also keeping in mind, this only applies to federal prison. Khalif Rada was in Rikers Island, and that's not considered federal. I believe it's a state prison. So, you know, maybe... You know, maybe like 2050, <laughs> uh, if they end up moving a little quicker than that, that it could apply to state prisons as well. Because I feel like those are the real issues. Federal prisons, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying inmates in there, things are not happening. But the state prison like Rikers that has yet to be shut down, like, and when you look at that, I think that's very problematic in terms of that situation. What is your take on Jared Kushner's involvement in the bow? I don't, I feel a type of way. I don't know why I like that laugh. You just did like you was- <laughs> Don't be politically correct. We on an unapologetically different podcast. So at the end of the day, if something positive is going to come out of it, I'm all for it. If it's going to make a difference, people's lives are going to be affected in a positive way. This is great news. What is your example of being positive on other people and stuff, especially since it has a 10 year kind of span? So let's say people are coming home who might have been serving life sentences for Mm -hmm. doing crack. Like that's huge. I think the fact that that's like an immediate effect right away. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, for like the women who aren't going to be shackled when they're giving pregnant or labor or postpartum, like that's great. Those are instant effects. And people getting IDs. Before, right. Like, ID, like, like being able to come out of prison and yeah. have an ID because it's already hard enough to live your life as with like that mark of being a felon. So the fact that they're going to be putting things in place to actually help them 
come out of jail and be set up for success afterwards. These are huge, great things. So in that regard, I'm... The fact that he's involved in it, I'm just waiting to hear Trump. It's yeah. gonna be like, this is look what I did. This is my legacy. Mm-hmm. I I made this difference, and I don't know. I just think he's gonna try to take all the credit for it. But at the end of the day, especially for re-election, right? I think this will work in his favor. I think it's a way for him to try to get the black vote. Yeah, if that. You voting for him now because of this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dub, bro. Um, That's a complete dub. But at the end of the day, it's like if it's going to help the greater good, if one person needs to feed his ego and and try to take the credit, I think history will make it clear the type of person that our president and a lot of his administration are. And I'm good with it. I'm comfortable with it. Like it's happening under him. Great. But it, like I said, it's the first step. There's so much more work that needs to get done. So. Yeah. Do you think the bell is effective since it only applies to federal prisons, though? It's a start. At the end of the day, once you build that momentum, it's going to make it that much more easier to actually start making those changes at the state level as well. So you just got to start somewhere. So I can't I can't knock it for only being on uh, the federal level. But I'm, I'm curious why. Why is that? Why isn't it being done at the state? Well, I guess the states can... They have more leeway in terms of how they want to run their prison. So, because Jared's daddy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he protecting his father, so they got to start there. But um, I'm surprised too, and mm-hmm. I think that's why this is becoming a thing. Is because it only applies to federal prisons at first. Yeah. I think over time it will apply to other prisons. I'm not necessarily surprised in the order of it happening because. It's America. This is what they do. This is America. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> so um, I would love to see what happens, and I want to see it happen immediately, not April of next year, something like like tomorrow, so people could come home in time with their families, you know, spend Christmas and New Year's, if that's the case. And I would like to see, on the opposite end of this bill, what, how are they helping people get jobs? Like, in jobs that they qualify for. Not jobs, just they're working beneath them. No no shade, no tea. But come on, if you could work something a little higher, you could get paid more um, and the benefits, how does that apply to them? And I want to know what this bill would do as it's extended throughout in helping those people that kind of come back into society. I do find it to be interesting that this bill only applies to a percentage of people. Not all offenses this applies for. So it's only certain people. So... I question the ones that it does apply for, how effective it's going to be for those people and the ones that it doesn't apply for, if they're going to do anything on the back end. And I would like to see a speedy transition into it going for state prisons. Like, okay, now I guess they want to test the waters. How long y'all plan on testing it? Like, y'all going to wait for us to get another black president like 10 years from now? Like, how are y'all testing this? Is it going to be, let's do it for the first year and then next year we're going to do it for state prisons? Like, and all the advocates and families that have been a part of this, we could say politicians all day, "Mm, good for you. But the families and the people who've been incarcerated that did the groundwork, I really commend you people because, you know, like I said before, I'm big on protests and I'm big on being an advocate about things and being vocal about issues because you just never know. And I do believe in change. It may take time. It's unfortunate things does take a lot of time, but at least it's happening. Um, it's interesting it's happening on the Trump presidency. I'm not going to lie. But I'm <laughs> happy that it's happening, and it's the first act. You know, so let's just keep that in mind. It's not perfect. I do have my critiques, and we will discuss this further as new developments come out. But it is a start, especially for the holidays. And people who are able to come home and spend time with your family, I hope you have a great, safe, 
fun. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hopefully we can have you on our show, okay, to let us know how this bill has changed your life. Awesome. So, we about to get into it. You know, this is one of my favorite parts of the show, Coach P segment. So, you know, Coach P be dropping his gems. He be acting all shy and shit, but he ain't all of that. Y'all be seeing him on the IG story with them abs, though. <laughs> the muscle, everything. Yes, and he zoomed in the last time. Gotta go see the back. All right, let me bring it back because he blushing. So, Coach P about to get into it about New Year's growth, New Year, new me. Probably the same me, but you know. You know how I do. Yeah, so it is. Take it away, Coach P. <laughs> take it away. It's definitely that time again, the time for the New Year, new me post. And on this segment of Coach P dropping gems, like he said, I'm going to be talking about growth and changes in the new year. And just just to start off, I hate the new year, new me post. I've definitely used them and said them so many times. But you say that shit every week. New me. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Send that email, bro. Because <laughs> I swear to God, if you don't get your shit done now. <laughs> new day, new me. Right? <laughs> Um, but if you really want to make lasting changes in 2019, I'm here to give you a tool that will help that. And this is so simple, but yet so powerful. And it's something that Keith has mentioned plenty of times in the past. We're going to kind of get into it today. Mm. So that tool is vision board. So where our focus goes, our energy flows. And that's what happened. That. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. that's smooth. That's real smooth. You cute. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's what happens when you create a vision board. Like the whole purpose of it is to take the things that you want in your life and you put it on the board and it's going to help that bring it into your life, bring it into reality. And when we think about things, when we see it, it, we bring those things into our lives. Like, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You was thinking about something Um, someone. No, 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 no. Well, (laughs) (laughs) let me stop before he cuts me out after this show. Continue. Um, yeah, so first thing you're going to do when it comes to doing your vision board, you want to think about what your goals are, and you want to look at certain areas of your life. And some areas that you can focus on are your relationship, career, mm-hmm. finance, home, travel, personal growth, including spirituality, social social life, and education, and health. And there are other areas of life that can be important to you. So just really take your time and just kind of parse that out and see what those areas are before you dive into this. And you don't have to have your vision board actually hit every single one of those points, but you just kind of want to get a broad overview of those areas of your life, what's important and what you kind of want to get out of it. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've seen some people's vision board. I'm like, oh, that's what you that's what you really want? But, <laughs> no, no shade, no tea. I mean, no shade, no tea, but it's just hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you've gotten that general overview, you want to take some time and actually write down your goals. And it's always really good to take time to write things down. And Key's a big proponent of this, like yes. what you do with your, when you're planning out your week the actually the act of writing it down is it has a, a more powerful effect versus you just maybe telling siri it or typing it out on your computer tired of her dust. yeah <laughs> she'd be messing up everything i tell her <laughs> hey siri but as um coach p was saying i do write things down i would definitely give a special shout out to passion planner make sure you go get a planner whether it's that one or another one i'm a big planner person pierre is not <laughs> so <laughs> the struggle is real i just started using my calendar so yeah, i feel because i feel of my ass I feel I feel like why you started using it. Listen, it's the first step. The first step back. <laughs> you ain't 
So you the first step back. Yeah, I take baby steps, Keith. <laughs> that was good. I like that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but um, passion planner is really good, helpful, or any other planner. I cannot function without a planner. Like. I know it's really bad. And my planner came in the mail and I was like texting P. I was like, oh my God, I'm looking through the pages. It looks so pretty. I'm literally into planners, like OD into planners. But I would definitely say it, it would be a great idea for you to write things down and yeah, proceed with your vision board. Nice. So now that you've taken some time to overview the different areas of your life and you've taken some time to actually write down specific goals and aspirations that you have, now it's time to get to work on the actual board. So you're going to take any blank board, poster, etc., and just decorate it with the things that you want in your life that align with those goals. So you're going to have pictures of the cars you want, the home, the relationship you want. And the really, really cool thing about a vision board it's like a really dope creative process where you can do whatever you want with it. There's no like, there's no rules. Like you could literally take a, a handful of glitter and just throw it at it and just have it stick wherever it sticks. Like, I want to advise you to do that because <laughs> glitter is hard to take out. But continue. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. you can you can literally do whatever you want with it. And if you want to have magazine clippings, newspaper articles. Um, family photos. You can take anything that you want. Pipe cleaners. You can do a lot of cool interesting things. And I would suggest checking out Pinterest.com. Yes. There's definitely you can get a lot of inspiration from there as well yes. when it comes to your vision board or anything creative that you want to do. Do it yourself. So, And let me give you some little tips mm-hmm. right? Go to Pinterest.com get the pictures you like. Print them at your job because you know printing is free <laughs> with the color print. <laughs> I'm not playing, bro. I went to FedEx and printed like 20 pages. It came up to a grip of money. So just go to your job, you know, before New Year's because you're about to probably be out of work and print and cut on your on your print at work. That's a good way to save some coinage. Yeah. And so one thing I really want to point out also when it comes to the vision board is not only about putting like the images or writing the things that you actually want. You really want to create a vision board that focuses on the feeling that you want to get from it. And I wanted to just bring up this point really quickly, something Tony Robbins said, where anything that you're... Shout out to Tony Robbins. <laughs> love... his mentor. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> He's a man. But um, anything that you want to accomplish in your life there's always an underlying feeling. So whether it is you're trying to get a new job or you're trying to start a relationship or you're trying to start working out, those are the actual acts or things you're going to get, but there's always a real emotion or feeling underneath it. So if it's getting a new job, maybe you want that new job to feel significant or feel secure in your life by having that Mm -hmm. job. Or if it's a new relationship, it's because you want to feel loved. Or if it's working out, you want to feel confident. Anything tangible thing that you want to get there's always that emotion and feeling and that's really important to think about it in that perspective because when you realize there's an underlying emotion and feeling that you're actually chasing you realize you can always bring those emotions and feelings up at any time you can always just feel loved always always bring up that confidence in yourself at any given moment so if you're already feeling confident and you go into a job interview that's going to come across if you're already take time to love yourself and feel love towards yourself that's going to help you bring that relationship into your life so with your vision board it's really important to make sure you get that like when you look at it those feelings come up for you because that's going to help those goals and those things that you actually want to create for your life it's going to make that a lot more possible because you're that feeling is going to be driving a lot of those actions that you're going to be taking yeah so i just wanted to bring that point up (laughs) shout out to tony (laughs) so 
when you're making the vision board, you can actually make it uh, just a staying in, spending time on your own, playing some music, maybe having some wine, whatever, whatever rocks your boat in terms of that alone time for yourself. Or you can turn it into an all-out party where you're inviting friends over, playing music, everyone making their board together, and just kind of coordinating and just just rocking out as a group. I'm glad that um, Coach P spoke to that briefly. I will mention when I do my vision board, I've been doing it for the past two years, going on three. I like to do it by myself at home, normally a couple days before the New Year's. And I'll be at home and I'll have all my supplies. I have a bottle of wine and I'll listen to like either like some nice music in the background or some jazz music. But it's for me, it's very therapeutic that I do it on my own. I know people like to do parties and I think it's great if that's what you're into. But the reason why I do it on my own is because my vision board is meant for me. Yeah, It's meant for self-growth, improvement and everything of that nature and the things that I want. So I'm not concerned about doing it with other people because I don't want it to be a show. It's not a show. It's for me. Yeah. So um, I'm very like, you know, when it comes to that so i rather just and it's very therapeutic for me so if that's something that you want to try especially having some alone time i'll say to do that yeah and then also if you are the type of person that you kind of maybe you're a little shy you're not sure how you're going to go about this and you may want some guidance or some help you can also go to meetup.com and there's actually groups that come together or parties that people throw that you can attend to actually just get started on the vision board so there's definitely plenty of options. That's what I really love about it, the versatility and the fact that it really is so simple but yet very effective. So if you haven't done it, definitely 2019, get the vision board out, get it popping, and it's definitely going to make that difference. <laughs> and I think you can't you can't talk about any new year and just new year resolutions without talking about fitness because that's usually top on people's list mm -hmm. when it comes to going into the new year. So I wanted to just give some quick tips into actually making this year the year that you you meet those fitness and those those body goals that you, you may be going for. So the first one I wanted to discuss was use your social media for your advantage. A lot of times we get distracted when we have free time, we're spending it on our phones. Because social media is such an important part of our lives at this point, you got to start using it to your advantage. So the way I suggest doing that is following people that are going to be motivational, inspirational, and provide like positive feedback and affirmations for you to help you going about where you want to go in your life. When you're seeing the people that look like what you want, it's going to just make you more motivated. And also at the same time, unfollowing the pages that might affect you in a negative way or make yeah. you feel negative about yourself because you're constantly going to be seeing this. So two people that I would suggest to follow if for your fitness needs Definitely Coco Chanel. We yes, had her. Yes, shout out Coco Chanel. Yes, she's definitely a beast. And we had her on our show for episode 50. If you haven't heard that already, definitely go back and check that interview out. Very dope, very informational and just a positive yeah. spirit. So definitely go check that out. And a new one that I've recently just founded was Brandon Schramm. His Instagram name is B.Motivated. And that's B.M-O-T-I-V-8. Ed And we'll definitely put both of their Instagrams in the show notes so you guys can go hit that follow button. But both are great people to follow because they show great workouts. They stress the importance of mindset and they're just the real deal. And then next, start today. Don't wait for the new year. Don't wait till January 1st. Facts. Get up and just go to work. Do something. Momentum is such a huge thing. 
you got to just get to work right now because if you're starting before the new year actually begins, you build that momentum up, and by the time you get into the new year, you can kind of start creating these habits and just going into it instead of New Year's coming, January 1st start. Your bad habits are still there. Basically. So, yeah, it's really important to start today. All our power to make a difference and change is right now in mm-hmm. the present. So get to work. And finally, I just want to give you guys five apps you can download to help you on your fitness journey. So the first one is Calorie Counter and Diet Tracker by MyFitnessPal. The app is a winner because it makes it easy to count and monitor calories. The Calorie Counter includes a database of over 6 million foods, so you can quickly enter your food and track them. And I personally, I haven't been a big calorie counter, but a lot of people, like my best friend, he swears by it. So if that's something you've been considering, definitely check out the Calorie Counter and Diet Tracker by MyFitnessPal. The next app is Lose It. Lose It helps you devise a customized weight loss plan that allows you to track your food intake and exercise. Plus, it has a section where you can discover whether or not certain foods are helping you lose weight, helping you maintain it, and it allows you to browse nutritional information with the calorie counter. I like that. The next app is Nom Coach, which I think is really cool. It's like having a personal weight loss coach to keep you on track in your pocket. With Nom Coach, it basically turns your phone into a weight loss support hub that's actually backed by science and psychology. Aside from giving you a daily weight loss plan, this app has a doctor-created program to help manage conditions such as high blood pressure and diabetes and just overall increase your health. Fourth is RunKeeper. Whether you bike, walk, jog, or run, RunKeeper is an app that helps you keep tabs on your workout. The app features personalized routines, goal-setting tools, and GPS integration so you can track wherever you go. I haven't been running as much, but when I do go for runs, I love the RunKeeper app. The music, the notifications it gives you in the middle of your run just keeps you going, and it's definitely a powerful tool. And lastly, the Nike Training Club. If planning your workout gives you anxiety, check out the Nike Training Club app. You can choose from a wide variety of different workout videos for all levels, and the workouts were created by Nike athletes such as Serena Williams. Shout out to Serena. Shout out to Serena. (laughs) And you can also set up personal training plans that works for anyone's lifestyle. Yes. So to end it off, guys, just remember wherever you're at at the end of 2018 is perfect. Just know that you can get to whatever your goals are, and all you got to do is just start today. It doesn't matter what ups and downs you've gone through. If you have that vision, you're focused, and you're committed, you can make anything happen. So just get to work. Oh, yes. I like the way you ended that off. Speaking of, what are some themes that you have for 2019 Um, for your vision board? So for my vision board, I'm going to be thinking about serendipity, which is basically the idea that random occurrences came together, and it came together creating a beneficial outcome so it's like you meet someone super random and they just happen to put you in contact with the the job of your dream so something like that and I just think if you can look at life in that way where these random occurrences are happening and to create positive outcomes in your life I'm like that's a great outlook to have so that's my word for 2019 serendipity (laughs) I like that (laughs) for me my themes are self-worth self-care and 
um, self-love. Mm. I'm going to surround my vision board around those topics. I, I feel as if if I value myself and make myself a priority, which is self-care and self-love, the way I speak to myself, the way I'm very critical of myself because I'm a Virgo. So we're just try to aim to be perfectionist unfortunately working on being content with what i have but wanting more and and not validate myself based off of what i have um i think that's very important in terms of self-worth and well self-love more so and then self-worth valuing myself i mean i know that they're kind of overlapping but no, i think definitely. i think it's important that i have that that kind of concept going into the next year because i do believe the way i treat myself and i value myself it is going to affect the people around me personal and professional in terms of the people that come into my life the energies i give um the time that i devote to those different energies and also to to value myself in business and personal relationship if i'm deserving of more be that and have that don't settle for anything less Ooh, so that's them. that's that's where i'm at i'm still developing it but those are my themes right now that's sticking out to me so uh, i hope it works out i know it will because <laughs> it takes work you know when you're trying to break habits and stuff it does take and it happens over time but i'm looking forward to that and really valuing my self-worth and who i am and realizing that i'm enough and we're all enough no matter what you do where you at in your life you're enough and being okay with that Ooh, i love it oh yeah so we're gonna end on that note so I'll let you guys know we did mention briefly in the last episode our next book is becoming by the one and only michelle obama yes so we will be talking about the book review when we return our next episode will be posted on january 7th so that's when we'll post that episode and we'll talk about the review so if you have read the book it's great if you haven't already you have time and hopefully you hear what we our takes on it pros cons and in-betweens and then we can kind of go from there but i've heard some great things so far so yeah I've, and i've yeah. been i've been reading the book and i love it she's yeah. so dope and i think she just wrapped up her book tour so was, and, and i've it, heard great reviews about that i just love her i yeah. just want to meet her i just i feel like if i meet her i'm gonna cry i know i'm gonna cry because i said if i meet her oprah and beyonce i feel like all three <laughs> i'm going like real talk but i just want to meet her and just be like listen I know can we just have a moment that's Auntie Michelle. I know you That's, saw her come through dripping in those yo, glitter boots. She I think was, it was Balenciaga boots <laughs> coming through. Drip, drip. I was like, drip, drip. yes, bring it out. I loved every minute of it. Word, word. I know them Republicans is mad. <laughs> Y'all can be mad if you want Big to. Mad. Go be mad. Y'all go low, we go high with our boots on. <laughs> uh, awesome. I love it. So... Once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't done so already, you go purchase that unapologetically different ringtone playing all silky smooth in the background right now. For Android users, you can get that at the Tune Store. And for Apple users, you can get that at the iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore. And you can make a donation to our Patreon account by searching unapologetically different. And finally, all of our shows are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now Stitcher by searching unapologetically different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.